I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey guys, Michelle here, your master coach. You are listening to the Calm Mom podcast. So pumped for today's episode. It's so stinking fun. We have Kara Latta on the show. She is the founder and chief, get this, she's the chief fun officer of the Playful Warrior, which is a brand that reconnects humans back to their inherent nature and playfulness. She is a play and mindset coach. And what I love so much is that her message is play. But friends, if you've been listening to this podcast for any time, You know that I often talk about how powerful play is when it comes to regulating our nervous system. So she says that her message is play, but it's anything but fluffy. And I so agree and believe that. It's a secret sauce to more success, health, wealth, adaptability, productivity, creativity, and joy. And this is backed by the science. So join us today. It's such a great conversation. It's going to help 
We're going to understand how play helps to heal our inner child, come perfectionism, and recover your playful, creative, fun, spontaneous self, particularly if she feels disconnected because I know she is in there. All right, friends, enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. It's so good to have you with us. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm super excited to chat with you. So we are talking all things play today. And you guys, before we even start, do not underestimate (laughs) the power in play. We're going to talk all about it. But Kara, before we do that, can you just tell everyone a little bit about kind of the work that you're doing and who you are? Just introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah. So I call myself a play and mindset coach. A few years ago, to be honest, I didn't even know what that was. I come from the corporate world and during COVID lost my job, but it was actually a blessing in disguise for me because I really wasn't happy with my career and felt really lost and stuck. And at the time I had been doing a inner child healing journey. For anyone knows what that is, essentially our inner child is like our subconscious mind. It's like our inner seven-year-old and everything we do every day is actually driven by our subconscious mind, by our inner child. All of our unmet needs emotionally, physically is really driving our behavior day to day. And so I was doing work from you know earlier childhood trauma to heal a lot of things and it was very heavy. So I've been in therapy for years and it was always so heavy. And I had one therapist recommend that I try playing more. And this was happening in early 2020. And for me, I was very confused. I didn't know what that meant really. Like for me at the time, play would have been like competitive dancing or playing a board game, places where I really had to prove my worth. I wasn't so like aware of that consciously, but it was always about performance, achieving such an achiever, a competition. And I didn't know how to have fun for the sake of having fun. And I would never do something I didn't feel I was good at. Like for me, that would have felt like a waste of time. Like I was always interested in being super productive. So I started reading books about play, just the science behind play. And Play was really actually something where you are totally in the moment. It's fun for the sake of having fun. You're not proving your worth. It's not competitive. You're following your curiosity, spontaneity, like as we do as kids, right? Like kids are the best players. You are so in the moment, like you're just doing things because they feel good. You're not worried about how you look so much. You're not worried about fear of judgment, at least really young kids before the conditioning sets in. So I went on this journey to rediscover that. And because I had lost my job, I had quite a bit of free time and I decided to go on this play journey for myself and also could not find resources for how adults could play. I could find a lot of books about the science, why it was important, but as for the how, I really couldn't find anything. And so I kind of just went on this journey, connecting with my inner child, doing things I love to do. And the new ideas started coming up and I just noticed through play, my whole world changed. I was so much more creative adaptable, feeling healthier, feeling happier, all these kinds of things, connecting deeper in relationships. And then I just knew there was something with play and that the world really needed it. And also this was in the pandemic and I'm from Canada. It was very strict up here and everyone was just really miserable. And I knew that the world needed play. So I decided to become a play coach. I also combined it with mindset work, the subconscious mind, because I felt like the two paired really well. And so now it's been a journey, but I help adults connect back to play. And one of the biggest blocks I believe to play is perfectionism, self-doubt, fear of judgment, all these things. So on the journey I take adults, we unlearn that so you can embrace your more playful, creative self. 
Wow. I love this so much. We kind of touched on it, but I think just play being so one, I think misunderstood. And then I think it has an association as being like superfluous or a waste of time or like, right. All of these things. So can you tell us a little bit about, like you mentioned the science behind it, like what does play actually do to our bodies? I know for a lot of the work that I do, powerful is powerful. Play is so powerful in regulating our nervous system. And I think people don't understand or realize that either. So tell us a little bit about the science. Yes. Oh, it's so good for, like you said, nervous system regulation for sure. So when we're playing, we are actually rewiring our neural pathways, which is really cool. And because we're so embodied and we're feeling so much, it's actually doing it even more so. One of my favorite things about play, like obviously it is huge for our mental health and our well-being. It boosts our memory as well, our adaptability, our problem-solving skills. It makes us more resilient. One of my favorite things though is it's huge for our imagination, our creativity, and also we'll come up with pro- solutions to problems with less because we are being less resistant. We are so in the moment. Albert Einstein actually was like huge into play, which always really fascinates me because, like you said, in society, play can be really looked down upon. It's seen as fluffy or purposeless, but yet, like Albert Einstein, one of the greatest thinkers of all time, was so into play, was getting all of these ideas, I believe, because he was so playful and prioritizing it so much. And so for me, I find that when I don't like, I'm not hustling, I'm not putting all this pressure on myself and I'm playing, that is when I get ideas popping out of nowhere. It's kind of like when you're in the shower, you can get a good idea or you're on a walk. The same thing happens with play. So it is so cool. Like I'm just so much more creative and happier when I'm playing and also getting these ideas because there is less pressure. You are more relaxed, right? Your nervous system is more regulated. So new ideas can come. So that is one of my favorite things. And just, yeah, the science behind that is so cool. For anyone who's interested really diving into it. I don't know if you know Andrew Huberman. Yep. He has an amazing like two hour podcast on the science of play, which is so cool. But those are some main ones. Also plays huge for relationships, connecting in relationships, deepening intimacy, whether it's platonic or romantic as well. And I've gotten to see that firsthand, which has been so cool. This I know for me, like play, lack of playing relationships has definitely been detrimental to relationships in the past for me. And the ones that really work out are the ones where there is that sense of play, but it can be hard for people because play takes courage and vulnerability to show this sillier side of yourself where we've learned that maybe that's not acceptable. Maybe we need to be professional and more perfect to be worthy or to be loved. And play can feel like it's going against that. So I would say like play takes a lot of courage too. Yeah, I feel like this conversation is so divine because those of you who've listened to the show for a while, I talk about it a lot, but my word for 2023 is joy and like play is so connected to joy. And I had a coach last year who told me that his word of the year was play a few years ago. And he's like, I would have these play alarms on my phone and like I had non-negotiable times of play during my day. And he's like, my wife, they had four small kids. My wife would be like, okay, we need to have a conversation about I don't know, the bills or the summer schedule. And he's like, nope, my play alarm just came on. And he's like, I'd grab my skateboard and go out and come back an hour later. And he's like, she probably was so upset and peeved and annoyed that I was leaving to play. But he's like, I came back with just the most like beautiful energy and spirit of like collaboration and compromise. And I became such a better husband. And it was the year that I made the most money in my business that I've ever made. And he attributed all of that just to prioritizing 
play. That is so awesome. I love that so much. And yeah, it's like sometimes people I know I work with can feel selfish, especially parents for like prioritizing play for themselves, like without their kids. But it's like you need to fill into your cup first, right? And when you're really taking care of you, then you'll be able to take care of others too. And just like the way you show up will inspire them as well. So that is so cool. I always say like, yeah, schedule play into your schedule. But I love the idea of play alarms. That is so yeah yeah so I kind of tweaked it for me this year and I'm doing joy alarms so like when my joy alarm goes off I either like put on a dance like a song and I dance or like I spend some time thinking like really embodying some thoughts that are really joyful to me and evoke joy it's just like it's been so powerful but another thought I had as you were kind of going through this too is that I think things like joy pleasure playing like a lot of times because of Maybe it's the pace of life, but I feel like you sound similar to me in that like go, go, go type A overachiever part. Like we don't make enough time to celebrate, like something great will happen. And it's like I give myself, you know, six seconds to celebrate about it. And then it's like, okay, on to the next thing. And I wonder, like, why is sitting in pleasure for the sake of pleasure so uncomfortable? Or why is like play for the sake of play, not for some other purpose, but like you said, because we all have an innate need and like we we deserve to have that time of play. You mentioned a little bit about perfectionism and fear of being judged, but I guess I'd like to kind of parse that out a little bit. And maybe it's just a, a new awareness for our listeners. Like why why don't we sit in sustained play or sustained pleasure or sustained joy like why does that feel unsafe or uncomfortable I think when we probably even more so when we just start doing it and it's something new yeah yeah it can be so uncomfortable we can have so much resistance I know I did when I started playing as an adult so I think it comes back to like limiting beliefs like things we learned as a kid when we were thinking in black and white we didn't have that ability to like discern things critically so it came from like media our caretakers our environment society and we learn things like it's time to grow up your worth is additional, you know, you aren't worthy for who you are. You're worthy based on what you do or what you don't do and how much you achieve and these kinds of things. You'll be, you know, you have to almost earn play, right? It's not like you're worthy of playing. You just, you have to earn it. It's like once you check off certain items on your to-do list, you've been productive. It's like, then you can get it as a reward. Like we aren't just worthy on our own inherently. So I think we learned like so many things like that. So whether or not we're conscious of it, it's all lurking in our subconscious mind. So when we go to do this play, there's so much resistance. It's so uncomfortable, right? Like maybe we feel like we're not worthy of it. We, it, it doesn't feel like we're, yeah, we're, I think like if worthiness is really the theme for me that comes up. And I think that's like the underlying one. We're like not good enough. So yeah, it's like perfect perfectionism, like striving for perfection, that feels safer. Unfortunately, it's just like how we've been conditioned. And it's like, we need to prove ourselves. We need to constantly prove our worth. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's really sad. Like you said, kind of at the beginning too, like it's really sad when we break it down because I know even for me, for example, like as a kid, I was so playful, like shrieking with joy, dancing around like animals, like so excited. And then I got into ballet and like ballet was like very strict. And I know everyone has different experiences and it really depends on your teachers as well. But there was like a way to do something and a way not to. And then as a kid, like I was more chubbier in ballet compared to the other students in my class. And so 
I started like noticing and, you know, we were comments were made about our bodies. And so movement didn't feel as good for me anymore because I was concerned with how my stomach looked. And, you know, you start slowly like have to start striving perfection and you learn all these things like what is good, what is bad, who to look up to, who to look down on and all this like judgment comes up. And I think that really starts taking the play away from everything because it becomes about proving your worth or winning which is so sad because, you know, I think when we're all born, we don't, we don't have that. We're just so in the moment. And so that's why, like, as an adult, returning to that and rediscovering that childlike wonder can be really hard because it means we have to face a lot of discomfort. And yeah, that, and that's why I love the mindset work for me has really helped me play more to like acknowledge these beliefs and start to unlearn them. Yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Just so much, so many opportunities for us to unlearn. And I guess if we are rewiring neural pathways, that's a part of it, right? We've got to recognize it, unlearn it, and then we can form a new pathway. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns, and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. You're also super convicting me to be more intentional with my kids about like how I talk about play too, and it's not a reward for them finishing their homework or, you know, only something for when I don't have a headache or whatever it is. Like play is so important for children's development for so many reasons. Yeah. And like, I even think back to like grade one, like I have solid memories of like art class and how I was really like, you know, uniquely in my self-expression as we all have our own ways of self-expression. And I couldn't draw in the lines. Like I was just like so wild with how I drew, but I learned this was like a really bad thing. And like, I was really shamed out of it. It's like, there's one way to do this assignment. You can't, you know, make it your own. And I know now schools are different and things are improving, which is really nice. But at the time, like that really scarred me. And I just learned like, oh, I'm not supposed to do art. I'm a terrible artist. I'm going to avoid art. And like, just never did art again until, you know, like three or four years ago. But it was just like, again, it like, it took the play away from thing. It was always about striving, but it's like, for me now play is just like liberated self-expression. It doesn't need to look good. It just wants to be fun. It's about how it feels. And it's so freeing to give yourself that permission, especially if you identify with being or you know, recovering from perfectionism, like it's so freeing now to just allow yourself to express yourself. 
Yeah. So you start, kind of started with talking about inner child work and I was actually in a coaching session yesterday doing some parts work with a client and she she was communicating with her inner child and we were having this conversation and out of nowhere, her inner child just came up and was just like, I want to draw. And like, she like said it. And then she kind of started really laughing and she's like, draw, like, where did that come from? I don't even draw. And I just paused because I'm like, what a beautiful expression of like desired creativity and fun and play and just wanting to be a kid. Right. I, I think that all goes so, so well together. And I feel like I'm thinking and probably people listening are thinking like, okay, so give it, give it to us. Like what are, or how, give us the how, right? Like what are the ways in which we as adults, particularly a lot of the people listening are moms, busy moms, moms with jobs. Like sometimes I think just the idea of scheduling another thing can feel overwhelming. So what are some ideas for play that maybe people don't really think of Maybe they do think of like a game or something that's competitive, but what are some other ways that we can play and like a, a practical way maybe that we can incorporate that in our day-to-day? Yeah, for sure. And also I just want to mention, because I did say like play isn't competitive. That's not to say that you can't be playing when you do something competitive. Like a board game could be playful, but it's all about your mindset. Like play is a mindset, right? So if you're playing it and you're going to have like a terrible time if you lose and you're so over it, then you're like straying away from play. But if you can have like a fun time, win or lose, and you're just feeling curious, I'm like, that's totally play. And that can be said for competitive things as well. So I think for you, the question is like the listener, do I feel like I'm having fun? Do I feel curious? Does it matter if I win or lose? And like, if you know, you can just have a good time, whatever, then that's play no matter what you're doing. So I think like check in with your inner play compass to see how that feels. As for other things though, I would say like so often we think about work and play as separate things, but it's like, we can start weaving play into our work. I know this can be hard for some professions or it depends what you're doing, but like Even throughout the day, like say most people, I would say, go get water or coffee or tea. It's like on the way to do that, like, why not do a little twirl? Like, it's so easy. It's so fast, but it's like you're starting to weave it into your day or like between calls, like do like a little shaking meditation or like a little dance party. Like, it's so simple. It's like could be a minute even, but you're just starting to weave it into your day. This is a larger conversation, but a whole other thing I love to do with work is playful problem solving adding play to solve problems because play with like brainstorming is amazing. Like I said, it opens up new solutions. So it's like, we can start weaving it into our day. So it's not only something we do outside of work. It's something that becomes like a way of life. And that's really been my mission. But also one of my favorite things to recommend for people who are new to play, who are exploring it, who are uncomfortable with it, or even not, whatever your comfort level is, is starting to draw and getting a blindfold. So this could be like a scarf or any kind of sleeping mask, whatever it is, you could close your eyes as well and starting to draw. So I started doing that. That was one of the first things I did because I had these art rooms (laughs) and I was so critical of myself and everything I created. There was always this voice like this looks like crap or things like that. And so I was taking away the self-judgment and I would just start putting on some of my favorite songs in different vibes. So like some would be like upbeat, some would be like jazz music, some would be really slow, like nature sounds and just getting present in the moment and just allowing yourself to express how you feel on paper you can get your body into it. And that became so healing because it really brings you in the present moment without judgment. 
connecting you to play. And yeah, there was just something so freeing about that. That really helped me heal my art wounds and just learn to be more playful. It was no longer about the outcome. It was no longer about what it looked like, or I didn't have to prove myself anymore. It was a way to really be in the moment. Oh, I love, I love this so much. I think I want to start trying that because I feel like I, it's a journey. And I feel like for the last, well, my whole life really until the last couple of years, I'm a lawyer by trade. So it's like, I'm in my head. I've never considered myself to be a creative and starting this podcast has really opened my definition of creativity, but art in particular is something that I've never dabbled because maybe I have a similar art wound that I don't, I just don't even remember, but I've just never thought of myself as being artistic, but the thought of just being present and whatever emotion comes up in the art that comes through it, through those different sounds, man, I can just like picture how healing that I feel like that would be or how energy and life-giving that might be. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to try that. It is so healing. Same, I would say, like drawing with your non-dominant hand instead of your dominant hand. Like imagining you were drawing with your childhood self, yourself at four or five years old, and you are giving them permission to just be silly and big and scribble or whatever they want to do. It is, yeah, it's just so freeing from this idea that we constantly have to be perfect or creating good things. And there's just this pressure and there's this rigidness and starting to do things like this really take that away. And like you said, like ultimately for me, it has been so healing, such a way to connect to myself and like liberate myself, but also others, because it is just so sad looking at society, how much pressure there is on ourselves. And you can just see mental health now these days. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really scary. It's understandable, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like play is such a beautiful way to help with that. Yeah. Yes. So two things that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and I kind of want to hear your take on how they relate to play is just confidence in general. And I think that's tied to worthiness, kind of like you were talking about before, and just our self-doubt and that inner critic. I know in motherhood that obviously comes up a lot because, well, for obvious reasons, a lot of reasons, but in general, just like being a grown woman who's trying to do things and run a career and a house and a marriage and obviously raise our children. And I would love to hear how play is interconnected with our confidence and interconnected with that inner critic and our self-doubt. Yes. I love this question so much. So yeah, for me, play builds self-worth. Like it builds confidence. It's an act of learning to trust yourself because like I said, we've often learned that there's like a right way to do things and not. These people are creative. These people are not. They're artists. They're not. Whereas for me, I'm like, everyone is an artist. Everyone is creative, right? It just looks different for everyone. But we've been taught to not trust ourselves, that there's another way. And so with play, we start welcoming our own unique self-expression, allowing ourselves to express that. And like that in itself is building self-trust. We're starting to like, yeah, trust our own intuition, our own nudges, what feel good as opposed to what someone else has been telling us. We're learning to validate ourselves and our inner child as opposed to needing validation from other people. So every time we are playing, we are building self-trust. We are letting ourselves really go for it. We are maybe uncomfortable. Maybe we're worried what we look like, but still often growth is uncomfortable, right? To change, you're going to go through discomfort. And so with that and letting ourselves maybe dance more than we would have, or maybe sing, even if that's uncomfortable, it's like in itself, you are building confidence because yeah, you are letting yourself follow that courage and just be yourself, be your authentic self. And so I know for me, play has built like 
immense confidence because it used to be so uncomfortable for me. Like I never would have thought I would be leading adults playing because it was just so like, it felt so icky. And I just was so used to playing so small and just like dancing like a horse would have been so uncomfortable or like finger painting or doing any of these things. But when you are just so true to yourself and your inner child, regardless of how you are received, it is like the ultimate confidence booster. And like for me also last year, I started doing group coaching and it's like people are playing now, not just one-on-one with me, which I think is a bit easier versus like other humans as well. And it's like putting yourself out there in front of other people. And obviously this is a safe community I create, but like that has built up so much courage to people and just seeing like, you know, like people are now willing to admit their deepest desires because they've been so scared to really live their full truth because of how they'd be received. But like their relationship with play has really built that courage and that confidence to go for what they want because they're no longer playing small. They're really embodied. They're trusting themselves and their desires. So yeah, it is so freaking powerful. I love that. And I love the space that you've created for people to start to explore that. And I can totally picture just the trickle down, right? Of that confidence starting to like trickle into every single aspect of their lives. So beautiful. So for the people whose interests are peaked and they're like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I would love for you to share, I guess one, maybe some good places to start where you don't necessarily need to go out and like buy anything or have a two hour routine. You know, I, you touched on a, a little bit, but just a good place to start. And then also for those of us who have so much going on, which is all of us, I know you do a lot of mindset stuff. Like what are some ways that we can kind of be intentional about this, keep it at the forefront, stay motivated without it feeling overwhelming and doing the opposite of what we intend for it to do. Yeah. A few things. So I have a playful morning routine people can find on my website. It's only 15 minutes, but with everything I do, and even with that, you'll learn that there's no right or wrong way to do something. You can like pick, like there's five different activities. You could just pick one a day and have it be like three minutes or two or three. So I think play for me is really about finding what works for you and trying new things and getting to know yourself. It's really a journey of self-discovery because I think as adults, we're just all trying to figure out who the heck we are, like under all this conditioning. And so play is a really good way of exploring that. So I have the, yeah, and I have some free EFT tapping as well, which is really good. So it's for perfectionism. And it will specifically help you with overwhelm, feelings of not being good enough, like you need to prove yourself so that you can call in more play and more joy. And that one has been really life-changing for people who do that consistently. So I would also really recommend that. That's a really good way to start. And yeah, just noticing daily, like how can you add pockets of play? Like I love the play alarm. Like that is amazing. Like usually I would say what I have people do is schedule little pockets of play, like in their schedule, in their calendar. But the idea of the play alarm is awesome too. And I feel like you could even customize the name of the alarm too. Like it's time to play. Like, cause I do that in the morning. I have reminders when I, when I wake up, cause your subconscious is so primed in the morning. And so I'll do things like, I love you, or let's have fun today or things. So that's like the first thing your mind sees. So I feel like you could do that with the play alarms too. Yeah. I love that, man. So good. I feel like I've been taking notes and I'm re- like, I just, I, I'm ready to like get out of here and start putting this into practice. So exciting. I, okay. So you mentioned this freebie, tell everyone where they can find it, where they can find more of you. I know we haven't really talked about the playful warrior, but kind of tell them what that's all about and how they can just be a part of what you're doing. 
Yeah. So my business is The Playful Warrior. You can find me at theplayfulwarrior.com. And so there you'll find like freebies. You'll find the playful morning routine. You will find more about my group coaching program, Wild and Worthy. And so that is an eight-week play and mindset coaching journey that goes really, really deep into your subconscious mind. And then we also play and you meet an amazing community. I also have a program coming out for business owners too. It's going to be a playground for business owners to connect and play. Business owners are some of the most play-deprived people. So for any moms who are also business owners, that'll be great. But a lot of moms are in wild and worthy. So if you want to explore that, I also do one-on-one coaching. I play with corporations too. So you can find everything I do at the Play Warrior. And if you're just interested in some fun content to keep you connected to play and away from perfectionism, you can find me on Instagram at the Play Warrior. I do lots of fun reels and just playing around and yeah, I have a good time there. Oh, being true to that, that authentic spirit of play. I love it. Man, thank you so much, Kara. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing this. I told you before we started, but I'm just so grateful that you're in this space spreading this message because I agree that we are all under underplayed. So cheers to to more playtime, but really grateful for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. So much for having me. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.